Welcome to Antique Dust. Welcome to the lovely, gorgeous Antique Dust. I'm Jonathan. I'm Rob. And together we are Antique, Antique Dust. Dust. Woo! Woo! Bit more enthusiasm there, love. Uh, Woo! Yeah. We've got a double gin and tonic in front of us. We are just celebrating the very last episode of Bergerac. Well, well not the, not, not not the, the very, very last, last episode, episode, obviously, sweetie. We've got piles to go through. Um, but this is the very last episode of Series 3. Series three. So it's episode ten. It's called the house guest. So uh, if you're new to our podcast, we are literally watching and feedback in all the gorgeousness. Feed, Feedbacking. Yes. Sorry. Yes. Maybe yes. Feedbacking. Uh, that that's a triple gin and tonic. Mm, marvelous. Uh, so we are watching and reviewing episode uh, each episode of Bergerac, which was a lovely set in Jersey, and this one was called the house guest. And I really enjoyed it. Last week's I loved. And this week's I loved as well. It's full of intrigue. We've got Tinker from Lovejoy in it. Yay. What's not to love? What's not to love about Tinker from Lovejoy? So the episode starts uh, with Charlie Hungerford. Because obviously well, it always Charlie does. Hungerford, which it really should be called Hungerford rather than Bergerac, don't you think? <sighs> Gosh, that'd be really good. Yeah. yeah maybe a spin-off. <gasps> is he still alive? No, he's dead, isn't he? Oh, Terence Alexander. Um, um, it was quite on. old in this, so he must be really Hold on. Yes, he died 2009, oh. aged 86. Gosh, had a really good innings anyway. Marvellous. So, um, it starts with a golf um, a tournament on the lovely island of Jersey. Gorgeous, gorgeous scenery in the background as well. And it's sunny, mm. not windy. And it actually looked actually relatively warm and inviting. Yes, and not miserable. So Charlie is boring everyone rigid with his speeches and, and showing, giving a cup to uh, a local well, businessman. To Sir, Sir, Sir Gervais Ewell, played by Patrick Allen. Now... I recognised the the voice. Well, of course you did. The most recognised for people of our generation, the most recognisable voice imaginable. He used to do lots of trailers for movies. Absolutely, uh, as in the he, voiceovers, he like coming did. soon. Yeah, for absolutely. a multiplex. No, yeah, it was yeah. it's like the Odeon Flea Pit near you with ladies <laughs> in sensible then. shoes and. It was, uh, and yeah, yeah. Uh, disappointing ice creams in a tray in front of them. Yes, it would have been the. Sort of the the ABC cinemas and Woohoo! Woohoo. yes, <laughs> and of course Barrett Holmes. I don't remember Barrett Holmes. I probably will have to look at it. Obviously, as an estate agent. Yeah. Um. Anything housey related is just up my uh, up my little ginnel. Up, up your uh, ginnel. <laughs> he also did down my little cul-de-sac. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, I mean, he did. I mean, his his resume was absolutely. Enormous, really, but um, he had a very interesting look. He 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 looked he looked very businessy. He looked very debonair. Yes, but he did he did lots of kind of tongue in cheek announcing stuff as well. He was the announcer on the Smell of Reeves and Mortimer back in the early nineties. Oh, really? Yeah, he narrated the uh, Roland Rat the series, or he was the announcer for Roland Rat. He was a narrator for 
uh, Blackadder. You know, he did all kinds of obviously playing on his um, pre-existing. Uh, well, he has got he has got a lovely lovely toe. Anyway, in his he's a very very high powered businessman. Um, he has a very annoying daughter called Fleur. Fleur. Who looks like she was mod- modelling herself on a chubby version of Kate Bush. A chubby... <laughs> <Yes. laughs> chubby Kate Bush. Kate, Kate, Kate... Actually, the actress's name is Kate, but Kate Faye. Um, she went on to be in the House of Elliot. Was I don't she? know if oh, you remember. House- that, ended, that ended too soon, didn't it? Well, Cheers! You can hear you can you, yeah. you can hear the tinkle tinkle is of that, ice in my tinkling. It's our last epi- last episode of Bergerac for the time for the being. Time the time being. Yeah, hey. so she played Alice Burgoyne in the second series of um, of the House of Elliot. Ooh, I don't remember her. I only remember the two sisters, the blonde one and the one with the nice haircut. Okay. Um, the, so. the Scottish one and the English one. <laughs> so basically, <laughs> so, true story, folks. Woo-hoo! Um, the storyline of this one is very businessy type person, a very influential business person. Um, I can't pronounce his name with disappointing daughter called Fleur. Sir Gervais, uh, so, who's dropped out of uh, art school because she got depressed. I mean, for Christ's sake, you do absolutely bugger all. All we have to do is colour in. As long as you don't even have to colour in the lines. It's like, really? So, um, he is having some dignitaries, which are high financiers from all over the place, that are meeting up at his his gorgeous mansion. And um, so, and Charlie Hungerford is sniffing around, seeing if he can make money by knowing what's going on and trying to uh, ingratiate himself on this. So, yes. he, he concocts a... Uh, a little bit of a naughtiness and skullduggery with the cup with a cup that is being presented to the chap, the, the, the important Mr. Chap. Perkins from Rent-A-Ghost. Mr. Perkins from Rent-A-Ghost. There was unfortunately was there Miss Popoff or Mr. Claypole. I love Mr. Claypole. No, no, they weren't there at all. No, very disappointing. Um, and it, it basically they put in a a bug. So they can listen, listen in to the business, business, business that they're doing to see if they can get any tidbits to make some so money. Some insider, so in a, insider in a, trading. In a Ford Escort white van and sort of an aerial concocted, which is looped over a branch of a local, uh, a nearby yeah. tree. I don't think it in reality any of that would have No, it, 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 it did come a little bit bonkers, but it was nice for a subplot. Um, because another part of the plot is some gorgeous um, brunette chap um, with a Golf GTI convertible, which was very lovely. I like that. I always hankered after a Golf GTI convertible. Never had a convertible, but I have got two Golfs. I love my Golfs. Lovely, 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 lovely. You had a Polo, didn't you? Yes, I had a Polo. Yes. Yes. It did, and uh, it was a hole. Marvel. And it was a hole. <laughs> it, it would... Um, it would it would always uh, conk out going around a roundabout. So, <laughs> oh dear. Yes. Oh, no, my girls were great. I had one which was eight valves, and the other one was sixteen valves. It was the I had the GTI. I had a okay. white one, and then a Mars red. No, I had a Mars red one to start with. That was the eight. 
eight valve one and then a 16 valve so i had a better radio <laughs> in the second one. mars red mars red that's what they, yeah like mars. the planet not yeah. the not the chocolate bar well no i haven't seen a mars have you seen a red velvet mars bar hmm? maybe yeah. no not yeah. personally no. <laughs> so um this gorgeous chap with lovely hair who is uh, this was one of his last acting roles. Then he went into Pretty directing. Pretty much, yes. He 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 is now. Uh, is he was played by Jonathan Kent, um, who has gone on to do extremely well directing uh, opera and yes, musical theatre kind of he, kind he, he of was thing. A, he was stunning looking, really, really well, good looking. I'm sure he still is. It just seems such a waste because he could have. He he had that leading man look about him. Well, perhaps he just prefers to be behind the scenes. So, in so he's he's got together um, a, a motley crew to, um, to, to 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 swindle this businessman out of uh, yes, well some money. Yeah, well, he's got Tinkerdale from Love, Love from Lovejoy and and out Phil, of Tweed and yeah, and Philip from Island of. Enid Lighton's <gasps> Island Lighter. of Adventure, Adventure playing, playing a, a blonde German terrorist. A Dutch. 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 Sorry, Dutch. Dutch. You're, you're right. Yes. Playing a blonde Dutch terrorist. They, they had no cockatiel. Because I remember it kiki. in the uh, Island, Island Adventure, they had a Kiki, <laughs> which was all jolly. Yeah, Kiki the Parrot. Did they do any more adventure or was it just that one? No, I think I think they did a second. I, I think they did a second one with the same or similar similar cast oh. you want to know my island of adventure story yeah go on what's your island my adventure? island of adventure when i was at school uh-huh. hundreds of years ago um we were set a task to to write um to, uh, to do a sort of bit of creative writing and i i chose a particular topic and uh, that i got completely stuck on and i couldn't i just could not come up with um anything so i just submitted a, a, a hastily rewritten adaptation of uh, Island, Island of Adventure. Adventure and I got high marks for it so clearly my English teacher was not an, an, an avid ra- uh, reader of Enid Blyton. I have, an, I, I have a similar story, it wasn't, it's not an Enid Blyton one but when I was at prep school we had to write a oh, story. you've always got to drop that in that you're at prep school. Sorry, that, what? what? I didn't go to a Grange Hill school. I, sorry, I, I do I do apologise for, for, for not not going to a state primary school. Yeah, the uh, privilege just <laughs> drips off you, doesn't no, it? No, it's not. I was a scholarship kid, love. <laughs> I, I, it's just not my fault I'm bright and intelligent and shit. Unmodest. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to say, bureau de change. Woohoo! <laughs> well, <laughs> well <laughs> it took about 20 episodes. Yeah, <laughs> you got there. You got anyway. But anyway, when I, when I was at prep school, um, I had to, uh, we had another creative writing exercise. And I was always an avid reader because we always used to go to Dulwich, Dulwich Library and I used to get three books uh, every week and read them and, and have stories, story time read when I went to bed. And um, there was one story about a green cat um having green kittens and it was and it just stuck it stuck with me so i wrote this really inventive story about mm-hmm. a green cat mm-hmm. and the, the, i think the teacher thought i was a i was a genius and sort of brought my mom in and said oh my god jonathan is just so creative it's a genius. wow it's amazing and she made this like star thing which uh, sort of star writing assignment and had it sort of 
framed and put on the wall because she thought I was such a creative thing. And my mum didn't have the heart to say that. I just rehashed a storybook that I'd read a few weeks previously. Well, I think I think your mum would probably preferred to bask <laughs> in the, in, in the kudos of having a, yeah. a genius and then, and then offspring. Consequently booked out and bought every single book of that, that nature around so no one could actually find out. No, she didn't do that. No. <laughs> anyway, moving swiftly on. So Where were we? We have... We have um, a ter- terrorists that have been involved in some sort of student uprising where people have got killed and yes. they're like protesty type things. And Tinker, Tinker's character, um, he was was the teachers of this uprising. And there's a lot of people that have been arrested and imprisoned and everything. And he's been on the run for six years or so. And he's been brought in to, to help with this one. And this blonde Dutch guy that... Uh, was Julian or Dick or whatever his name no, was. No, that's a wrong wrong no, series entirely. He was, he was Philip. I think he was called Pip, wasn't he? Pip. 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 Um, but it's a very good, very nice cheekbones and blonde and sort of very lovely. Um, but he's a little bit bonkers. He keeps fondling his Uzi machine gun or whatever big yes. gun he's got. Yeah, he's clearly swallowed the... the he's drunk the Kool-Aid. And Tinker was drinking mainly the booze. Which is, yeah. uh, he plays that character. You know, in fairness, the character he was playing was pretty much Tinker. I suspect. It's pretty, <laughs> I, I suspect it's pretty much Dudley Sutton. He was. <laughs> I, I surmise. Yes. So, um, so they're they've been brought together to, um, as to like facts of. Or was it the something five or the famous five? No, no, no that, um, that was the name of it. The, the secret set. No, the, um, it was the was it like the fourth fourth division or something? Or fifth division or something, oh. something like that. It was, it was, it, they, they've got something. With the they were relegated to the. Fifth they've been division relegated, or? so they're, they're some sort of a terrorist or rights yeah. group, and they uh, sort of like Bader Meinhof going style in, going gang. against the sort of the red hand. Yeah, red hand gang. Oh, I can't remember the return. That was the kids of the grassy street. No, um, <laughs> oh god, we're going really off, off kilter today. Yeah. Anyway, back back to Bergerac. Yes. So, um, the double deckers. So they they are they're sort of sort of working around the sort of getting into this house. Yeah. So basically, basically, they're on they're on a boat. They're on, they're they're on a boat, and there's been a rob. There's been a spate of boat robberies, and. Uh, their their boat's been robbed and bits and bobs have been stolen, um, but not the guns because they were well hidden. And then they, they get the the robber gets found or the the things that were stolen are found, and that kind of leads Jim Bergerac to the boat in the first instance, and that's how he has his first encounter with the with the gorgeous apparently uh, Mercer. Yes. Um, so, um, so, and he's, he's questioning why, why, why did you not report it? I said, well, it's insured. And, yeah, and I wasn't that. here. I was in London when, when, when it was robbed. I've just, I've just arrived and discovered, discovered things are missing. Yes. And it didn't sound very bothered and la 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 la. Um, and in the meantime, Bergerac's being forced to actually go to, um, a, a golfing ball with Deborah and, um, we see Charlotte in some a rather nasty dress. Yeah, it wasn't it particularly. Like, it looks like, it's like someone had knitted. Yeah, it looked, it looked like a sort of like a night dress, really. I'm surprised she, it would have gone well with a, some, you know, kind of a frilly cap for um, yeah. 
also i mean everything the, the relationship between him uh, uh sort of jim bergerac and uh deborah seemed quite lovely yeah well, it definitely a, definitely heating yeah, up it was definitely heating up and deborah sort of sort of uh is uh saying, don't talk about office business don't talk about office business don't talk about office business um and tries to divert his attention away from office office business but obviously bergerac is 100 percent police person absolutely yes and what what they're actually talking about is that Charlotte happens to mention at this at this do that they'd apprehended the thief and who explained why he dumped the stuff was that he was more or less still on the boat when Mercer arrived uh, back. But of course then Jim immediately realises well there's something fishy about that because Mercer has told him that he was actually in London when the robbery was taking dun, dun, place. Dun. So oh. there's a bit of a mystery going mystery. on here. So on the way home from the ball, which is the early hours, he sort of convinces Deborah, let's just see the sunrise over the oh, marina. A romantic trip to the harbour. Yeah. Oh, uh, bless. And then he sort of consequently goes and sort of... Has an illegal search of... Ill- Ill- <laughs> illegal search. But, of, but of that's... The that's that's par for the course yeah, in Bergerac, really. It was the 80s, really. they didn't have... They didn't have the Police and Criminal Evidence Act no. in 1984. No. Actually, it would have come in just as just after they made this. this. Is the, as, as Bergerac was the poster child of what how we shouldn't really be doing things. Yeah, so I think they showed episodes of Bergerac at the sort of... Well, Hend- Hendon Police, police <laughs> College as how not to, and how not to do... fully expected to have... Uh, a, a sort of a triumph roadster to go around yeah. and then get very disappointed and an alcohol problem yes he does have an alcohol it. problem <laughs> <laughs> he wants some and he can't have it so it all gets a little bit nonsense um yeah so the, the terrorists at this point are setting off on a rubber dinghy on a rubber dinghy uh-huh. i don't know why they went on a rubber dinghy there was no there didn't seem to be any point whatsoever for going on a rubber dinghy well, when, is, when has there ever been the need for a point for, for, well, yeah. for, for so, anything? So anyway, they arrive at the house. The alarm gets switched off by uh, sort of a gloved the figure. Insider. The insider. There's an insider. Um, they get in. The alarm's then switched back on the CCTV, so not being seen. And uh, the daughter, Fleur, Fleur, knocks on the door. It's a... Yes, I mean, uh, yeah, because all these, all these business, business, big, business. big wigs of the business community are talking business bollocks around a, uh, uh, a dining room table, table and uh, with the the bugs golfing trophy. Yes, um, with said uh, with p- person listening to the bugs yeah, thing with, with something. With someone's brother-in-law, uh, Mr. Perkins from Rentigo's brother-in-law, um, <laughs> listening, listening in on. Big yeah. headphones and, and recording uh, it all on a reel-to-reel tape recorder. The blonde, the, the blonde Danish guy uh, shoots someone, and uh, the daughter yeah. then sort of admits that she was to the person that's bleeding and dying. Yes, and uh, that oh, I'm so sorry, I didn't expect this to happen. Yeah. It was so, so, so she's the she's the inside the inside insider. Yeah, and uh, then. It all it all comes about about with regards to the the general nonsense of getting two hundred thousand and the gorgeous terrorist goes along with the with Fleur's daddy um, to get the two hundred thousand and uh, 
200,000 is left in a suitcase and the suitcase is switched. Yes, at the very beginning we saw we saw something going on with um, a red suitcase. A red suitcase and that the red suitcase was part of the stuff that was stolen from the the, the boat and so Jim had already seen inside the suitcase and it's full of newspapers. Yeah, but just yeah. Yeah, it's all about sort of the it, it, it's like taking the piss out of the people that have, yeah have yeah got so involved. it's a double cross basically yeah it's a double cross i mean there seems to be lots of double crossing in that these last two episodes you see, I, I'm just, I, it was generally generally fabulous and rollicking um the blonde one is there saying confess your sins and trying to be all very right on and protesty and making them all drink all the booze in the house because the idea is to get everyone completely off of lotto and pissed so they can make their escape yeah, so that, that's that's tinker Tinker from Lovejoy's plan is to get them all drunk. So we have that moment of tension when he tries to force uh, Jim Bergerac to to down yeah. a glass and of whiskey. And he tips whiskey. it over the carpet. First he one. Get that out of the stand. And then he um he tips to he tops it up again and is puts a gun to his head. Blah blah blah. And but Jim is just about to to drink to drink and when Fleur. And comes bursting in and saying, "He's dead. He's dead. The bloke he shot is dead. I've had enough of this. No one else is gonna get shot." And blah 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 blah. And then the police turn up. Please turn up. The Yeah, sorry, we missed a bit there. The police turn up because Mr. Perkins from Rentigo's brother-in-law has been listening to what's been going on and has heard all of this commotion and gunshot and so on and has thought. I want nothing whatsoever to do with this. So he takes he he abandons the the, the, the aerial and um, drives straight to and Charlie, drives to Charlie with this this reel to reel tape, and and Charlie listens to it and thinks blue the neck calls his solicitor obviously who comes round and goes well you have to call the police I better call the police because if they call the police they'll think I've got something to do with it. When he said you have, well you have. <laughs> Um, so, and, yeah, and then the police get called. Um, the blonde one gets a little bit arsy and threatens to shoot everybody yeah, yeah, and then, mark a protest. Yeah, then Tinker yeah. shoots him. It shoots him and then hands the guns to Bergerac. And then it cuts nicely to uh, Bergerac on the, the boat launch, um, asking his sort of second in command um, has the other guy come back, the gorgeous criminal? And, the other, and he says, no, no, he's long gone, he's off the island. So uh, what I really, really liked was the very ending bit um, uh, because so the, the ending is really, really good because there's a, there's a general montage. Um, a so, montage. Uh, yeah, a montage. A shopping montage. Yeah. Well, no, no shopping montage. I do oh. like shopping montages. They're really, really good. Um, but... <laughs> so, <laughs> but... So when Bergerac goes to the boat where the, um, the good-looking Krim uh, was using his hideout, uh, he goes and speaks to his colleague um, who is uh, saying, oh, he's long gone, he's off the island. And he says, yeah, he probably is. And then as he's walking down the gangplank uh, along the sort of between all these gorgeous yachts and everything, um, we have the montage of the daughter, Fleur, being arrested and, and carted off. With the father looking very disapproving, and obviously there's blood stains in the hall carpet as well. Yeah, and and never come out. Yeah, and there's all that whiskey 
spilled on yeah, me. Yeah, all the whiskey, all the good booze is gone. Although yeah. it was Bell's whiskey. I know. Well, I wasn't. <laughs> you know, I, 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 I didn't want to come over as a bit of a snob, yeah. really. Well, but, really? Are but, talking? I mean, really? Bell's? Bell's. No, they could not have had Bell's whiskey. That Maybe, unless, unless they got it from the servants' quarters. Yeah, yeah, must yes. It, that must have been, it must have been from like the, the sort of the cook sherry, <laughs> sherry cupboard. Mm. <laughs> so. Really, Bell's whiskey. <laughs> uh, uh. 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 <laughs> 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 Judgy McJudgeways. <laughs> so as he's walking down, then you have sort of a, a montage of the uh, good-looking Crim um, and his suitcase going along with something going flights to Rio de Janeiro. Uh, another guy looking quite smug and good looking, and then you've got yes, jetting off to his new career as a, as an opera director. <laughs> yes, looking very smug. I can't believe he didn't do more acting because I think he did actually have a really good way about him. He had he had charisma, um, which did come across incredibly well. But hey, hey, moving on, and um, then the so the final montage was. Him smiling when they were looking at the the, the uh, golf tournamenty cup, which had been bugged by Charlie and and sort of Mr. Perk- Mr. Perkins from yes, Rentigo's brother-in-law or something, and uh, yeah, and, and sort of Bergerac giving a knowing smile as he sauntered off with his leather jacket just over his shoulder very glam but it did actually the way this episode went it does actually it did actually feel as though that they were looking to bring deborah and bergerac back together and then that there's that general nagging wife yeah. thing about being yeah. too much work and work 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 so um yeah it just it it just felt as though that relationship trajectory was going to go go places but then they changed minds, or one presumes. Oh, because I think it's probably quite a dangerous thing. Because then, because you'd have thought that sort of the Charlie Hungerford being the brother, the, the, the father, the ex-father-in-law for Bergerac, that sort of having having sort of him being the sort of involved with it with, yeah. the, with the daughter. But I then, think it would have really changed the the dynamic, though, if they'd if they'd actually the done yeah, if they'd done that, then. It just wouldn't have been the same. As I think they probably realised that actually, um, as a drama, it just worked better. Yeah. When Deborah and Charlie were kind of on one side and Jim was on the other, so you know, not not quite, but you know, I think I think it just works as a, uh, dramatically. Yeah. It works better having that that d- sense of opposition. Yeah, I mean it's. But it, it did. Th- there was a spark there, but I did like it when Celia Emery was in from the series too. I liked her. Yeah, and we well, we know you did. You were very keen on Marianne Belshade, even though you can never remember her name. Marianne, yes. I was always Celia Emery. I thought that sort of well, the, the French bit. She was a bit yeasty, Frankie. Ugh. Frankie, do you remember me? Yeah. Frankie, do you remember? So anyway, um, well, we've witted on far too long. So this was the very last episode in series three. Yes, and we will be back will with be more back. Bergerac. We'll be back in autumn season for Bergerac because yes. we are starting a brand new adventure, guys. So as um, with regards to the whole coronavirus, which is like very popular at the moment, it probably won't be very popular. A little while longer because it'll just be a fad 
Yes. They'll get bored of it. They'll and then get bored of it. It'll, um, be like, it'll be like Brexit all over again. So J- uh, James Bond has been moved back um, for the release date from April through to October. Yes, the new one. The We're new talking one. about the new yeah. one. So what Daniel Craig's final final outing. outing. Final Last Farrah. So until, and then they'll recast him as a woman. <laughs> really? Yes. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Miriam Margulies. Oh my god, that would be amazing. I've not heard. Trying to get Miriam into it. You need to keep up. You need, you need <laughs> to an Austin Martin. You need Martin. to keep up, Jonathan. You're just <laughs> way behind the times. So anyway, so listen. keep the wimple. So <laughs> Call the midwife, in case you're wondering. <laughs> so anyway, we are going to watch every single film. What, every single film? Of James Bond. Every single film. In, in sequence. So we will be in doing sequence. our Sunday review. will be a James or Bond. Whichever, or whichever day it comes out on. Yeah, it'll be Sunday. We'll do Sunday. It'll be Sunday. It'll be, it'll, it'll it'll be one day of the week. Yeah. <laughs> it'll have a, a, it'll have a foul and a Y in it. Yes. Uh, uh, yes, we should bring it out in a week where the all the all the days have vowels in them. Marvellous. So we're going to be watching James Bond um, from Doctor No from Doctor to Spectre. Yes. Is that right? Spectre. You know? I've not seen Spectre either. We've got 23 weeks to get to that. <laughs> the look of excitement. Like, we're going to need more gin. <laughs> so, so if you have any lovely um, bits of information that you would like to share on this episode of Bergerac please let us know at, at Antifa were you were, were you an extra were you in Jersey when they, when they made this were you even interested in watching it um, just let us know we are very very happy to receive any correspondence from you or also if you have any interesting So let's know. It's farewell for me, Jonathan. And it's farewell for me, Rob. Goodbye, and see you on the other side. Bye. This has been an Antique Dust production.